Hello, I am Brittany. And I am Marcella, and we are the Grounded Space Cadets. We are here to ground the spiritual in the here and now to build community without shaming, dismissing, or indoctrinating. So let's do what we're here for. Let's dive in and raise our vibrations. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to the Grounded Space Cadets. I'm Brittany. And I am Marcella. And today we're going to be dabbling in a little bit of astrology. I am so excited for this topic. I am too. Astrology is a big part of my life the last year or so. And so we're going to get into a few basics of astrology, um, maybe some misconceptions. We're going to look at the different types of astrology briefly. But what I'm really excited about today is Mars. We're going to talk about Mars. I love that. Mars has been very uh, active lately. So the reason we wanted to bring this topic to you guys is, you know, for us, especially for Brittany, she's really, really dived into the subject of astrology. And it's not your typical astrology knowledge of just understanding horoscopes and what your birth time is and you know just to look cool on social media that you that you have your your power three right we hear all of these words being tossed out now rising signs and ascendants and you know moon signs are finally being talked about and to me when i found out about moon signs and if you guys don't know what your moon sign is Brittany will let you know exactly how to determine that when i found out what my moon sign was i was like i finally understand myself a little bit better because knowing that I'm a Gemini, there's a lot of parts about Gemini I don't identify with. Yeah, and that is a problem with uh, popular astrology or sun horoscopes that we all know about. I mean, 30 years ago when we read magazines and the newspaper, there was always the horoscope section, right? And we could look up our sun sign and read the horoscope. And for a lot of us, it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense but not really I don't really jive with that and that's because in reality our birth chart has 10 planets not just the sun the sun and the moon are considered luminaries and then we also have like I said earlier Mars we have Jupiter in our chart somewhere we have Saturn in our chart somewhere we have Neptune and Uranus and even little Pluto and asteroids and all these things um, and so all the planets within our chart tend to represent parts of ourselves. Yes. And it's very important right now that we talk a little bit more about why the celestial bodies in our universe, in our Milky Way, impact us as individuals. We understand and we see certain um, archetypal type of scenarios playing out in our day-to-day and you know our world and our current events we see them and if you start looking at a little bit of the planetary alignments and the common themes you're like it makes sense that to me was a big wake-up call when i watched a documentary that basically pointed out the fact that during certain eras of time and they went back to history and they showed the eras of time the the french revolution etc they correlated with these direct placements in the same placement of these planets. And it's just like, that to me is not a coincidence at that point. When you have cycles and they're recorded cycles and those cycles correlate with 
current events happening on earth so that to me it was like this big wake-up call of our celestial bodies do impact the collective that was my first entry into astrology when i was like that thought made it's it's like it sunk in like whoa our planetary system impacts us as a whole yeah it seems quite wild to think of it that way um and of course um you know we don't really have any solid science for this to support this it's really just a belief system at this point but we do marcella and i do tend to lean on the side of you know there's energy out there in the universe we are material physical beings but we're also energetic beings the sun um is pretty far away from us but it does have a huge impact on this planet i mean if we didn't have the sun we wouldn't have life and so our planet earth is always um influenced by the sun and the moon and because of the gravitational pull between the sun and the moon we have what's called the precession of the equinox Mm -hmm. and so the the every spring and um fall yes yes it shifts a little bit where the sun falls across the ecliptic Mm -hmm. and so before i go any further i want to explain the ecliptic the ecliptic is the apparent path that we see the sun travel across each day and so we call it an apparent path because we see the sun moving but in reality it's us moving around the sun right um but that ecliptic is the sun's path and then about nine degrees above and below that ecliptic is what we call the zodiac. Mm -hmm. And this isn't something that has just been made up over the last hundred years. This is um, something that from the time of the Babylonians, like they were able to look up at the sky at night and see the path, the stars that fall within that band of sky that Mm -hmm. we can see each night. We have lost some of that because of our light pollution. You know, like we don't have that connection to the night sky like we used to. But anyway, um, so... The sun and the moon uh, has its pool on the earth, and so we have that procession of the equinox, and that causes the wobble of our axis that Mm -hmm. we are spinning around, that we're rotating on. And so if the pool of the moon and the sun, the gravitational pool, can affect our planet, I mean, who's to say? That all the other nine planets don't. Right? Like, who's to say? In my mind... I, I love symbolism, I love archetypes, and that's what the zodiacs are based off of, archetypes. So I like to um, internalize mm-hmm. these these energies, these themes, and I do see, I see them as something to work with. Right. Right? They give me something to, like, focus my intentions on and um, really kind of tap into what do I need to do for myself in the moment or during this season? And that's why I consider it a spiritual practice of studying it Mm -hmm. because it does, it's foundational to my intention settings. Mm -hmm. You know, it's foundational to what I'm praying about. It's, you know, it's, it gives me my framework work and my focus for my life. Absolutely. And think about how, egotistical of us as humans to think that Mm -hmm. our atmosphere somehow protects us from being influenced from any other type of energy that exists outside of our hemisphere yeah we do have a really strong magnetic field that protects us from solar radiation uh but but it's just it's a frequency like we are very egotistical i mean like just look at how we treat animals right and plants our earth like 
you know, for a very for long our time. benefit. Mm-hmm. There, it's almost of this approach of they're here for us, mm-hmm. where. Through this journey, and especially through astrology, I'm discovering how, in fact, we are here as Earth's consciousness, Mm -hmm. which will be an episode, by the way. (laughs) We are here as Earth's consciousness, and our vibration impacts our entire planet. That's why, as a collective, it's so important and why things kind of shift so dramatically, because our entire vibration does shift things. Well, the Earth's vibration will also impact our other planets, just like the other planets' vibration, are going to impact ours, and so it's 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 more of like this idea that helped me become a little more humble mm-hmm. in this journey that we call life, yeah. because I felt extremely tiny, mm-hmm. like minuscule, and I finally feel like I understand what an atom feels like when I started diving into astro- uh, astrology a little bit more and and looking out to the stars. I felt almost like non-existent that to me is is part of my spiritual practice and why astrology impacts me a lot it just reminds me i'm just this tiny little speck on this big system right but even that little speck is important Mm -hmm. for the whole i agree yeah and that's why western astrology tropical or tropical astrology you can use those two terms um intermittent no not intermittently interchangeably 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 because um western astrology is about looking to your birth chart where the planets were at the time you were born where really your soul came into being a physical being where the planets were and like what that is your really like your star code or your planet code or your celestial code whatever you want to call it and it's a great tool for really diving into who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had an epiphany this week about Chiron, which is um, an asteroid. And I haven't spent a lot of time with Chiron but until recently. And Chiron is the wounded healer. And I feel like Chiron forced you to look at it this week. I think so, too. Because we are recording, by the way, um, on the Aries full moon. So this is October 9th. And it's an Aries full moon, and Chiron just so happens to be right next to the moon right now. Mm-hmm. If we're looking up from where we are, where we are on planet on the planet, we would see that Chiron is very close to the moon. And so, Chiron is the wounded healer in Greek mythology, and he was this phenomenal healer. He could heal everybody, but he couldn't heal his own physical wound. And so, in our chart. Chiron represents where our internal wounding is, where we will never really heal from it. It'll always be something that comes up. We can work with it. We can get better at um, managing it, but it'll always come up. And I, I found out that both Marcella and I have Chiron and Gemini, which is, you know, that is a wounding of words. Gemini is the sign of communication, of language, of verbal processing, mm-hmm. of mental faculties, of our nervous system. And the fact that both of us have the wound of words in our chart, we kind of laugh because we decided to do a podcast where all we're doing is talking. <laughs> um, but it, it, trying to direct it hit a message. home because I do have some, some childhood um, memories of, same, you know, really hard memories of communicating and not being heard or being misunderstood. And so once I found out about that, I literally just like cried. I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. This is, this explains 
why this was so challenging for me for so long. And I think it's important to notate that you came across this information and, and during a period of time where the energy is heightened in that area of your life mm -hmm. and that's not a coincidence and looking at your chart looking at how your astrology chart is set up right now it's it's that direct connection that we're trying to make with this podcast today with this episode of this is how the planetary our celestial bodies impact your life they don't dictate because we have to remember we have free will we have free will yeah there is still free will that is the beauty of free will however energies is what it influences so it's going to bring up you know you had an experience this week about that i had an experience about being misinterpreted uh, misheard last week and it was very frustrating for me as well you know, it was very frustrating because it brought up the childhood mm -hmm. memories of, of especially, you know, being a kid that learned English and feeling misunderstood and feeling like you're not being listened to. And then that gets tied into self-worth and like, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. And all of that started to get stirred up these past couple weeks. So when you talked about that, I was like, it makes sense. <laughs> now I know why I've been feeling this way and yeah. like why this area has been high. So it was like a, a, a light. Yeah, it's very affirming. So our birth chart affirms our own experiences of ourselves. So it is a great tool to really look into who we are and... I mean, I've done readings for people and it they just light up when I tell them something that they just like, yes, that explains why this has been happening to me. I have affirmed for me that astrology is useful. It's, it's valuable. Um, it is a symbolic language that utilizes the, the skies. Yes. Right? And to me, like that is so profound. It is something that we have been doing as humans for thousands of years, it's our birthright to do this. It's a it's a symbolic language. We do use scientific tools to help us, um, but to me, ultimately, it is a creative unraveling. Yes, and I should mention as well that this isn't learning about astrology, your horoscope, your all your signs and your houses, and so that you implemented as your map to how to live like it's not supposed to tell you what to do it's not supposed to tell you how to act it's not supposed to tell you what decision to make it's more of these are the areas of your life that are probably possibly going to be heightened brought up so for me looking at astrology lately it's helped me be more aware of what areas of my life are going to be of topic of maybe it's going to be you know and it did it did show up in the past couple of weeks my relationships were being impacted in the way communication it just wasn't flowing it was being interrupted and it for me I looked into what was going on and it was mercury going through retrograde mm -hmm. and it made sense mm -hmm. so it's not for me looking to answers but it it, it helps me understand why I may be struggling with communication right now yes I totally agree. And by the way, when Mercury is in retrograde, Mercury is also the planet that governs like travel, short distance travel. And I had a camping trip planned 
the day Mercury went into retrograde and the week leading up to it, I'm like, I have a feeling this is not going to work out and it didn't because a random tropical storm came up from Mexico and there was thunder and lightning in the mountains. And so inevitably we had to cancel the trip. And that is something that happens during Mercury retrograde often. Mm -hmm. Trips get canceled, miscommunications, things of that sort. And so Marcella, you were also saying how um, the birth chart isn't something that like, it tells us what to do. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to say that, you know, oh, because I'm a Sagittarius sun, I do A, B, and C, right? right? But what the birth chart does, it informs us of our strengths and weaknesses, of the things that we can really work with. Right. And like you said, um, when we're having transits um, that are passing through certain signs of our birth chart, that's going to highlight an area of our life that's mm-hmm. going to be on the forefront of our mind. It's going to influence us somehow. So I think it's important right now that before we dive into a little bit more of the houses and the transits and what all that means, because it's really interesting to me, is let's go back into a little bit of history of astrology because, you know, for most people right now, they understand it based on what they see on TikTok, Instagram Reels, Mm -hmm. social media. That's where they're really seeing, you know, the tarot, the astrology being put into the forefront Mm -hmm. so when I first started seeing it on social media it reminded me of my cosmopolitan magazine (laughs) days right you were looking to cosmo to see what your astrology of the month said and so or your horoscope sorry Mm -hmm. what your horoscope for the month was so how do we get from ancient cultures of looking to the skies for guidance to cosmopolitan horoscopes on a monthly basis well that's a few thousand years that we'll cover but in um, about five minutes please (laughs) so it started with the babylonians as far as we know um and then it moved to alexandria and um uh north africa and the mediterranean um and then when catholicism became a big player in europe it was forced astrology was forced to move to India where it became um, known as Vedic astrology mm-hmm. and um, astrology in Europe was deemed pagan demonic so it wasn't allowed you weren't allowed to practice it then so it went underground or it just went moved to other parts of the world um, and then there was a resurgence of it during the 18th century Um, And that is when we really saw the birth of like Western astrology Um, in the early 19th century with the horoscopes. um, I don't really know like how that even got started, but I do know the reasoning for the sun horoscope is because the sun takes 30 approximately 30 days Mm -hmm. to move through one sign. Mm -hmm. And so it's a good way to capture a lot of people um, and give them a horoscope. But it is just so limited because, Mm -hmm. um, like you said earlier on, like you don't identify with all the themes of your Gemini sun. And that was the same for me with my Sagittarius sun, like because there's so much more to your birth chart. Yes. And and that is, you know, led me to discover a little bit more getting away from the sun signs and when I realized like we brought it up earlier about moon, right? Mm -hmm. Our moon sign. And then there was a, a third one. 
Yeah, the rising sign. The rising sign. And I was like, whoa, that one really helps bring this full like full spectrum of my personality yeah. together. Yeah, the rising sign is um, called the ascendant, and it's the first major angle in your birth chart. There are four major angles in your birth chart, and they say that the rising sign or the ascendant sign, um, it's when your soul incarnates on this planet, and it's in the birth chart, it's where the land meets the sky. I love that. so your rising sign is really about who you are at your core, and it has a lot to do with personality. Um, personality is developed through early exposure to our caretakers, mm-hmm. our siblings, our friends, um, and we can definitely um, improve on our personality. It is, it's not stagnant, but it's, it's not as flexible as our identity, which is our right. son. We develop our identity. Right. Uh, We might do that somewhat subconsciously, but as especially as we get into our adult age or even our teenage years, like we are full on choosing our identity. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal, right? In middle school and our high school years, like I am my I'm an individual. I want to I want to appear this way. I want to dress this way. I want to listen to this music, and that's going to be part of my identity. And so that's very much the sun. The ascendant is. The personality and it takes work mm-hmm. to shape the personality you know like our, our bit our habits you know all that stuff resides in the ascendant yes yeah and so for me learning I'm a Gemini Sun I'm a cancer moon and I'm a Libra rising mm-hmm. so yeah, growing up, there was parts of Gemini identified with the dualistic, you know, approach, the airiness, wanting to learn a lot, words, you the know, talkiness. the talkiness. Talk, talk, talkiness yep. But I'm only talkative when I'm comfortable with you mm. or recording a podcast. Well, that's because you're a Cancer Moon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like, once I learned I was a Cancer Moon, you know, it really helped me understand why I chose how why it is that i choose to spend my time away from people the way that i do mm-hmm. and i feel like my 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 moon sign says a lot to that yeah. and how i treat other people i'm very nurturing mm-hmm. gemini's aren't nurturing no. at all we're standoffish very flaky very flaky <laughs> so i had that reputation yeah. but me personally i knew i wasn't like that i'm like no i'm a very nurturing person mm-hmm. like kids and animals just flock to me and like i just I've growing up in different environments, everybody's like, Marcella, you're so maternal, you're so maternal, you're so maternal. Mm-hmm. And I've always had that energy about me, but that does not describe a Gemini whatsoever. And then on top of that, I'm a middle child. I grew up with two brothers, and there was always something about me having to be the peacemaker. Yeah, which is your a, Libra. And a Gemini does not describe peacemaker whatsoever. And so that was very confusing for me growing up because there's like all these all these parts of me, right? All this spectrum of my personality. And you're telling me that I'm a Gemini? Yeah. I was like, mm. yeah. So over the past few years, as I started diving into this, I'm like, Cancer Moon. Oh, that does make sense why I act and react and make certain choices based on those emotions. And then my Libra being so about finding balance and being the peacemaker, right? And like not wanting to like stir up anything. And I was like, 
now it makes sense why I was always the one wanting to keep things chill and like wanting to split fights up and you know wanting to be that person and it's just like and that was you from early on that was me from early on that's the Libra ascendant that is you from the time you were born essentially right so yeah and to to um Uh, go into the moon sign a little bit in case you are unsure what we're talking about. The moon sign in your chart is your emotional self. It's really how you process emotions. It's how um, you can look to your moon sign to see how to nurture yourself, what you need. So for Marcella being a cancer moon, like when um, she is processing emotions, she really just wants to hermit away with a blanket maybe watch a movie just be alone for me i'm an aries moon which is a fire sign it's the first sign of the zodiac it's ruled by mars and so i i need to work out hard to process emotion i um, have a peloton and i ride the bike all the time and i i just told my friends this the other day when we were talking about exercise i literally will cry on the bike Mm -hmm. and i'm like hauling ass i'm going uphill and I'm not crying because it's hard. It's just something comes up. You're processing. And I'm just crying. Mm-hmm. And so I need hard exercise or any exercise really to feel Movement. nurtured. And in my fire, yeah. heat. Mm-hmm. To feel nurtured in my, my emotional body. And how do you see your rising sign come up? Uh, I feel like I'm still kind of um, getting to know my rising sign. I'm an Aquarius rising. That does make sense to me because I've always wanted to be an individual. I wanted to be on the, I've always been kind of on the outside of groups. I'm good in groups and there are definitely times that I bring people together, which is, you know, the gift of an Aquarius, but I don't always want to be in the center of attention. Um, And I'm kind I'm a rebel. Aquarius is the rebel. And so I've always been a rebel if somebody told me to do something. And I feel like that's your Aries moon coming up too. Yes. A lot. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Um, wanting to do things on my own, um, not really needing another person Mm -hmm. to fulfill myself. Like, um, and so, um, I've always been kind of the eccentric. That's what I wanted to look for. Yeah. So Aquarius is the eccentric. A lot of times they're referred to as like the alien babies of this Mm -hmm. planet. (laughs) And so, um, I connect with that. Um, but as far as it shaping my personality from early childhood I I haven't really explored that yet personally and I I like I like having this better understanding of myself as I've been exploring astrology I haven't quite dived into it as Brittany has Uh, for me it's been part of my spiritual journey just feeling this need to connect into the oneness energy and to me that our celestial bodies encompass that as well and so it's for me it's more of that understanding of wanting to connect to our planetary system to bring in that energy of oneness which is why recently I went also and purchased plants (laughs) because I felt like there was another part of mother nature that I could bring into my home I felt called to connect to nature more in my home and bring new energy into my home and so I've been very like I've been leaning into all this stuff and so what I've also noticed is it's helping me better understand my relationships around me as well 
you know, it's it's tough still nowadays to go around asking for people's birth time. <laughs> they yeah, look at you is. quite strange. It is really hard. But the few people that have given that to me and I've, you know, been able to plug in a natal chart, I can see why our relationship is the way that it is and it's giving me a better understanding. So for you over the past few years that you've dived into it, how has astrology taught you about yourself and about others around you? I think it's just demonstrated how complex and conflicted we are and how multidimensional we are. Um, we are complicated little beings on this planet and it shows in our birth chart and how that comes up for me in the birth chart are the aspects that the planets make to themselves or to each other. And so there are easy aspects and hard aspects. And um, so when I say an aspect, um, that generally means that um, a planet is connected to another planet by an angle of some sort, by geometry. Yeah. And so they're like in conversation with each other. And the planets also, um, or I should say the zodiac signs also have elements associated with mm-hmm. that and so if I have a planet that's in a fire sign speaking to another planet that's in like an earth sign and let's say it's a square aspect which is like a 90 degree angle between them that's a challenging aspect in fact I have that in my chart I have the two malefics Saturn and Mars are square to each other Mars is in my first house Saturn is in my 10th house And how that comes up is that uh, Mars wants to go, 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 and Saturn is going to say no, 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 Mm -hmm. and we'll put up robots. And then because Mars is in my first house, I tend to learn those really hard lessons through physical pain, (laughs) (laughs) getting myself hurt. I've been in a few car accidents. I've been in a dirt bike accident. I've been, um, I've had surgeries. You know, I was born with um, correctation of the aorta, so I had heart surgery when I was five. I've had kidney surgery, wow. and so it just comes up time and time mm-hmm. again. So I, I'm always looking to see what Saturn and Mars are doing, transiting around my natal chart, so I can be a little bit more cautious when that's happening. Maybe just be a little bit more aware of what's happening while I'm driving, Yes, you know, um, because it has come up time and time again, so... And that's been helpful for me as I've dived into astrology lately is just to get a sense of where my focus needs to be mm-hmm. shifted, yeah. right? Because where focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. Super important. So for me, understanding that right now, you know, if my first house is the one that is being heightened then I understand I need to focus on these areas of my life and certain subjects are going to come up certain challenges in that area are going to come up and sure enough they do and it's and I try to here's what I've tried to do lately just to challenge this whole um, idea that I'm living based on the astrology I'm learning I'm actually learning about the astrology after the fact because I don't want it to influence my choices and so what I've been doing lately is living out my life you know, doing meditation, putting myself in the state of flow and energy and connection and harmonizing as much as I can so that I'm in tune with my intuition. And then I go back and listen to, you know, the astrology, the energies that came up. And I'm like, oh, snap, that did happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap, that did. Co- oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's been my way to approach it just because I needed some sort of 
quote unquote proof. Yeah. If you want to say I needed that validation for myself. And it wasn't, again, not to live my life based on astrology, but I just wanted to see, is it real? And for me, it's it's definitely been evident that it does influence me. And so I think here, um, sorry, you want to say something? Well, that's a great practice. I was going to say, um, you know, it's really hard to predict with astrology what's going to happen. Right. We could predict the themes that will come up based off of the signs and the planets. Um, and it was definitely used and can be used for divination. Um, but I, I kind of feel like you got to be like a high level dungeon master wizard <laughs> at that point to yeah. use it in that way. And I just, I'm not comfortable with using it in that way. So really it is like living your day to day life and then like taking a look at it like, oh, this aligns, this aligns, this aligns. Right. Or for me, I'm getting to the point where, like I said, I'm looking for Saturn and Mars. Like, what are you doing? What kind of aspects are you making? Because those are your challenges. Yeah. Those are when it's been the toughest in your life. Yeah. And it's not to be like, freak out oh my god no it's just to be prepared like oh this is informing me yes that's all it's information it's information and i always ask what can i learn from this right yes approach it with curiosity just like our emotions yeah what can i another message yeah another message for us to consider and and sit with Mm -hmm. because as human beings in this three-dimensional reality we are being communicated with from other dimensions it's just hard for us to grasp that. I know in this it's linear hard for me concept. To grasp it too. It's like I love the idea, and like I do believe that, but then my rational, uh-huh, logical mind's like, no. And then it's also like, well, do you really want to invite that in? Like that could be scary. Exactly. You know? um, and so, yeah, there's there's a whole part of that where um, people freak out about their birth chart. They do, you know, because they think it's it's going to or when they hear Mercury's in retrograde yeah. or when they hear, you know, all this loom and doom is supposed to happen because this planet is coming into this and it's just like, yeah. "No, I feel like it should just like you said help you prepare how to better equip yourself." Just mm-hmm. like emotions are there to prepare yourself with how to interact with our three-dimensional world, yeah. like something internally isn't sitting well with this situation and this message of frustration is coming up versus just reacting and being triggered ask why is this emotion coming up right so it's like why is this energy coming up right now why is it in this particular area and if we really think about it most of us are always seeking those answers Mm -hmm. you know where am i supposed to go next what's the decision i'm supposed to make and for me astrology has been very helpful in that regard so i feel like this is a great yeah, unless you're a Taurus. <laughs> Taurus signs are perfect. Or you have a lot of Taurus in your chart, meaning you have a lot of planets. I'm in that a sign. Taurus recently. Let me tell you, <laughs> they just want to chill and they're perfectly happy doing simple things. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, um, that's been one of my life lessons because of our North nodes. Uh, Marcella and I have. Uh, very complementary birth charts and we both have our north node in Taurus and one of our lessons that we need to learn during this lifetime is really to chill the fuck out yeah and it be like the bull in the grass and enjoy just chill and enjoy and like that's really hard for my Aries man it's really hard for my Gemini yeah it's really hard for my Sag (laughs) son it's it's super hard it's really hard for my Aquarius rising with Mars in my first house so um you know it's it's challenging but I it's just 
It's and a we, fun challenge. And it's we like, had hey, our I North Node return chill. recently, which yeah. it's you know, still being activated because of the eclipses. Right, We're, our, the eclipses that are coming up at, at the end of October, beginning of November, they are in that Taurus Scorpio axis. Uh, but I don't want to go into that too much because yeah, no, no, and and, and well, we want to really dive into is Mars. But before we dive into that, I really want to just put this information, you know, as simply as possible. You know, explain to us. The houses and uh, you know the astrology behind the houses and the planetary systems and just give us a little bit of idea so we have a little more uh, better reference point and sure. um, before you do that uh-huh. heads up if you're hearing noises in the background it's just my dog chewing on her bone <laughs> it keeps her calm it does keep her calm yes. so we can do this so within a birth chart we have 12 houses the zodiac Um, the band of the night sky that we can see from our vantage point on earth was divided into 12 um, parts of 30 degrees each and so that adds up to what 360 Mm -hmm. i believe and so the full circle right and so within the four or within the 12 houses there is going to be a zodiac sign that resides in that house okay and so the houses in your birth chart if you're thinking about how this is kind of like your story, the houses are the setting. And then within each house, there will be themes related to that setting. Mm-hmm. So for just one example, I have been really fixated on the second house. Um, and the second house is ruled by Venus. And it's the house of Taurus. And so it is about what we value um, they often call it the money house mm-hmm. because that is something money that sex is house. incredibly valued right now. Well, actually, the sex house is Scorpio. Is it? Eighth house, yeah. Okay. See, but I'm learning. the thing is, I mean, you can value sex mm-hmm. and that's going to reside in your second house, right? right? And so um, those who are Taurus sons or if they have a lot of planets in the second house or within the sign of Taurus, like they do have a good idea of what their values are. Mm -hmm. They know what they want. They know what they like. um, They know what they want to go after and achieve. And so it is the house of um, resources. It's the house of money, values, uh, self-worth, because... A lot of times, you know, our self-worth is wrapped up into our idea of um, what we value. And so um, each house has a setting, a theme. And then each house has a zodiac sign. The zodiac runs 30 degrees, so fits into a house. Um, And then, of course, the zodiacs have themes associated with it. We all Mm -hmm. know the zodiac, I think, at this point. Mm -hmm. We know Sagittarius, we know Capricorn, everybody knows what their sun sign is that reflects the zodiac of their sun sign. And then the planets fall randomly Mm -hmm. within your chart. And so you could have your sun, your moon, and let's say Jupiter in one house. And so if you have a congregation of planets in one house, that's going to be a really important house your whole life. Mm -hmm. Like Those themes, in combination with the planets themes, the zodiac themes, and the house themes, they will come up time and time again. So, I love that. So, that should lead us into Mars. Mm-hmm. So, where is Mars in my chart natally? Okay, so... And how is Mars's current transit and path impacting, for example, 
that house that I have Mars in. Because I feel like that's a great way, as I started learning astrology, I was like, okay, they're talking about, you know, Mars right now. How does that impact me if I have Mars, I believe, in... Do you know? I forgot. I'm looking it up right I have now. To, That's I the have one to thing visually look at it. I know a lot of Marcella's charts. She does. She looks at it a lot for me. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Ah, okay. So Mars is very close to your moon and Capricorn. I mean, not Capricorn, but Cancer. There it is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I have Mercury and Mars in my same house. Yeah, you have the moon, Mars... Mm-hmm and Mercury in your 10th house Mm -hmm. of Cancer. And they're all pretty close to each other. I wouldn't say they're exactly... Yeah, they're like within four degrees of each other. Yeah, so they're like right on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, This is considered what they call a stellium because you have more than two or three uh, planets in one sign. Um, So right now, Mars... Well, your whole life, Mars is in your 10th house of Cancer. Which um, is the house of? Cancer. The house. Oh, the 10th house is really, people often refer to it as the house of career. It's like your public self, how people see you, um, and your achievements. Um, it's an angular house, meaning that another very important angle goes through the 10th house called the Midheaven or the MC, mm-hmm. which kind of determines what your calling is. And so we often associate calling with your career. Um, but your calling doesn't necessarily have to be career-oriented. Um, but yeah, we tend to look at it like, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah, we look to that house. Okay. Um, but right now, Mars is in Gemini, and so that's going to be different. Where Which Gemini is my ninth is, house. Yeah, it's in your ninth house. For me, Gemini is my fifth house. And so we are going to all experience Mars in Gemini, but which house that is in depends really depends on, your natal on chart. you, your individual mm. chart. Okay, so yours is in your ninth house. My Gemini is the fifth house. So as this transit of Mars is happening, it's going to heighten themes around my ninth house. Even though natally I have Mars in my tenth house of career, right now Mars isn't heightening my career path. It's heightening whatever's is illuminated or encompassed within my ninth house. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Mars and that part of ourselves. So I like to think like of all the planets being aspects of ourselves. And Mars is our inner warrior, our gladiator. It is our champion. It's going to fight for us. It's our fighter. It is the planet of aggression. It's the planet of sex. It's the planet of motivation. I... Um, often refer to it as the planet of ego because our ego drive really is just wanting us to succeed and um, be the best we can be. And the ego does get shit on a lot, but the ego is important. It like is. if we didn't have our it's ego, we wouldn't really get anything done. Mm-hmm. And so um, Mars is that planet, is the go-getter. Um, Mars is about action. It's the action planet. And so when Mars is in Gemini... Um, Gemini is the realm of Mercury, which is the mind. It's the nervous system. It's the way we think and process information. So when Mars is in Gemini, it is an intellectual, right? And if it's the planet of action, we're going to act 
on mm. our thoughts. Mm. We're going to be fast. So Mars can be very impulsive. Um, and so if you're feeling lately that you have been feeling energy that's heightened or you're being impulsive or you don't know which way to go, you, you're being indecisive, it could be because of your Mars in Gemini. What I really wanted to focus on, though, is that Mars is retrograde mm-hmm. at the end of the month, end of October. And can you just quickly explain retrograde, just in case oh, we have any yes, newer that's really people? Important. Yes, thank you, thank you. So um, when a planet retrogrades, it appears to be moving backwards. From but it actually band. isn't. No, it's just the way that it's, it looks in the it sky. It looks in its orbit around the sun. Um, and it's just our perspective right. from the planet. Okay, so this isn't a scientific term. This is just a humanistic term explaining our experience of how we're perceiving the night sky or what's happening in the night sky. So when planets retrograde, it looks like they're moving backwards. There's even a point where when they station direct, it looks like they're at a standstill. Standstill, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're just not moving. Um, And so when Mars, the planet of action, of impulse, of fire, like when Mars goes direct, uh, I mean, not direct, but goes retrograde, it's going to slow down. Um, and it's going to slow down in the realm of thought, thinking, processing, our nervous system in Gemini. And so people freak out with retrogrades, but they're always opportunities really mm-hmm. to um, take a moment to step back and mm-hmm. analyze, reevaluate mm-hmm. things. And reevaluation is a big part of this retrograde. Reevaluating if you know, what you're acting on your thoughts, if it's true to who you really are, if you're acting on impulse, is that how you really want to show up? If there's something that you've been thinking about acting on and you've been on the fence, it's really time to evaluate that now, uh, intellectually. That's interesting. So for me, it's showing up in my ninth house, which is the house of philosophy, right? Religion, spirituality, higher learning. I mean, it makes sense based on the themes in my life currently, mm-hmm. especially with our podcast and where we've been headed because it's, we mentioned to it as we were getting ready. For me, as I get ready for our podcast, I am integrating in my own personal healing journey at the same freaking time. Yeah. And it's, for me, that's been part of the reason why I love doing this with you mm-hmm. is because it's really been that full circle moment for me because I did all this work by myself for almost two, almost three years. And so to be able to do it with someone now that understands it, and it turns into therapy sessions sometimes, like, you know, as we're getting ready for podcasts, because I can share stuff that came up based on the information we're seeking. And it just, and then we go and look at our astrology chart and it's like, well, no wonder, you know, certain planets are here. And so with Mars and information and it really highlighting my ninth house of spirituality, philosophy, higher education. Like those are the themes that are coming up for me. I've been debating whether I'm going to go back to school or not for the past yeah, 12 true. months. Yeah. And, you know, when it's retrograde, when Mars is retrograde, it's going to be retrograde for quite some time, I think until March mm-hmm. of 2023. And so it might not be the time to make a decision, to act on right. those thoughts, right. to make a decision. It might be the time for you to um, really investigate how you really feel about something. 
And for um, some people, this will feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it might come across as you feeling scattered or like blocked, like you can't seem to progress. Um, and then, so that's a moment instead of seeing it as something in the way, seeing it as like a gift of like, oh no, this is time. This is like permission for me to slow down. Yeah. It's And it's great timing because we are moving into fall. Yes. Right. Winter it's season. a great time mm-hmm. to slow down and really think about um, where we want to go yes. next year, you know, with our lives and what we want to do and what's really important to us. And that also aligns with the eclipses um, in Taurus and Scorpio. The eclipses that we're having this year is they're really forcing us to question what we value and are we living aligned with what we value. And then that Mars retrograde, it's like giving us that space, mm-hmm. that time to really sit with it. Think about it a little bit differently. Yeah. Approach it. I know when things are in retrograde, I had six planets in retrograde recently. Well, I, we all did. We all did. Yeah. We all had six planets in retrograde. I, I really felt I had to just, even though my life right now physically is go, go, go. I'm doing a lot. I'm working a lot. I'm very active. There's a big part of me that's being called to just do life but not make major decisions right now, not rock the boat, mm-hmm. you know, observe, integrate, and just lean into where the energy is flowing. You like, that's just been the common pool for me. Yeah. Part of, you know, integrating my meditation practice with understanding astrology. Like, that's where I've been called to. And yeah, conflict is coming up. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed, especially, you know, as these transits are happening. It doesn't just happen when it's happening like it's just it could be weeks beforehand like the energy starts shifting like you start seeing things shift like all of a sudden an argument that wouldn't have been an argument months ago turns into an argument Mm -hmm. you're like how does that happen we could have had this conversation two months ago and this wouldn't have turned out this way yeah or down the road and so i i just feel it's very interesting for us to just help us prepare yeah and not to let it bring us down or upset us or make us feel fearful right. of what's to come. Oh, right. they're saying conflict is coming. Well, there's yeah. always going to be conflict. Exactly. And that's what our birth chart shows. Like exactly. It shows like, oh, there is definitely conflict in our life. But that that's the story of our life. Conflict is very real. We don't grow without it. But to go back to the fact that, you know, we're all individuals. We're all idiosyncratic with how we behave. That shows in the birth chart. And so people are going to be having internal conflicts and then that they might express that socially. And Mm -hmm. so just be mindful of um, the fact that like people are going to be dealing with this energy too Mm -hmm. and not to take it personally and to, you know, just keep yourself safe. And whenever a planet is in retrograde, especially when we have the five or six um, for a few months, there is this idea that when planets are in retrograde, it's a time to reevaluate, refocus, revise, kind of go back and mm-hmm. review things mm-hmm. slow down um and so that's what i like about astrology it often gives me permission especially with my taurus north node to just you know quote unquote be lazy right you know right. which has never been easy for me and mm-hmm. and it's helped me better approach these themes that keep coming up that like okay it's time to address this like it's definitely time it's come up time and time again over the last decade mm-hmm. like it's probably time to address this now having this understanding of my natal chart my astrology what could be transiting and i look to that it has really helped me not feel so out of control yeah 
Like it's totally. it's almost like it's helping me feel more in control, even though I'm not. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, I'm not in control of where these planetary systems are whatsoever. But it it's almost like a like a like pressures off. Yeah, it's empowering in that it way. Is. It's like it is. affirming and empowering because. You can see the energies that are going to be cycling through with the transits and it does inform you like, oh, this could potentially, you know, be something of a challenge or a conflict. And how can I, like you said, how can I prepare myself for it? You know, I'm going to lean into one of my strengths in my chart, which might be my Taurus North Node. I'm going to let things go Mm -hmm. if I'm not going to take things personally. You know, I'm not going to get super involved in this. Somebody says something to me, that's on them. Mm -hmm. I'll let it pass. Mm -hmm. I'm going to decide not to react. And so it just informs you what your strengths and weaknesses are. And um, you look to your planets in the zodiac, in the houses, to really figure that out. You speak to an astrologer. Um, I started this on my own, but I did get a reading from an astrologer. And that really kind of just catapulted me Mm -hmm. into astrology once I had an appointment with an astrologer if you want to look up your birth chart astro.com is a free free website and they have a gazillion astrology resources they have a way that you can put in um, your birth location your birth date and your birth time to give you your own personal birth chart if you don't know your birth time you can always Try to find it somehow. If you don't have your birth time, you could still input that information. Um, and you, the only thing is you won't get your houses. Right. It won't tell you your houses because the houses are based off of that time of right. when you were born. Right. And and it's, um, it's a free resource, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's got great, great um, resources, articles, articles yeah. plugged into it as well. That's right. how I got started when I saw my birth chart. I was like, okay, now what does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was more of like Google became, you know, my assistant of like, okay, I have Libra in my second house. Mm-hmm. So it was starting, okay, start from the bottom, second house astrology, meaning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, start very, it's very overwhelming when you first see it. Um, just Start with your sun sign, your moon sign, and if you have your birth time, your rising sign. Just yes. take one aspect at a time. One aspect at a time. One little thing at a time. And just remember this is a discovery path. This yes, is a discovery journey. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's very exciting. Yeah. I love learning new things, and I'm constantly learning, yeah. not just about our planetary system and how that's impacting us, but I'm constantly learning about myself. And others. Yeah, yes. It's just... It's a forever thing. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop learning about astrology. There's just so much to pick up. And then, you know, a lot of things don't really click in the beginning because right. you're layering symbols upon symbols upon symbols and that you have to figure out how they all work together. And you have to be willing, as I've learned through my spiritual journey, you have to be willing to fight that initial back and forth, that internal of... This doesn't make sense based on what I've learned and what science tells me and what society tells me. Like it's, if you can make it past those barriers, like you're going to get into the really fun stuff of astrology. Um, For me, I'm still in discovery mode. And like you said, I will forever be in discovery mode, which is the great path of this journey. So um, yeah, it's, I consider it an art. It's like a story. You know, I taught English for a few years and the plot is there 
the themes that are there, the motifs. It's really the story of you. And so I don't feel like it needs to have that scientific validation. Right. right? But I do. I certainly have come across that all the time. Not so much anymore, but I constantly ask myself, is this confirmation bias? Am I just finding patterns? And certainly there are patterns there. And, you know, there is that fallacy of, you know, we see patterns and everything doesn't necessarily have meaning. But I say, fuck it. Like, we're meaning makers. We are meaning you know, makers. That's our left side of our brain saying, it hey, is. that's not meaningful. But it's like, no, it's fucking meaningful It to is me. meaningful. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps, wraps up, up okay. our astrology podcast Woo-hoo. for today. I'm excited. Thank you, Brittany, for bringing all of those. It's um, my pleasure. Oh, and if um, any of you are listening and you're curious about some aspect of astrology, please um, leave us a question. Yes. And we'll try to get to that question for you. Absolutely. And hopefully this this inspired you to go begin your discovery journey of yourself, of your personality, of others around you. The resources are out there. Use your discernment, right? We have a lot of people contributing online. Not everything you read online has backing. A lot of the internet (laughs) astrology, it is, it's so hard to get specific. It is. Because a birth chart, there are 12 houses with 30 degrees in each with 10 planets. I mean, the permutations of that alone, the different combinations, it's just so specific. So a lot of the stuff that you read online, it, it might not sit well with you because it might not be something you can relate to. And that's because they have to kind of generalize things yes. for the whole audience. The and whole the world. other point is to remember that a lot of us are interpreting this information based on our perspective so you have to remember that what you're reading online is also based on this astrologer's perspective mm-hmm. and their current belief system and where they stand at the moment. So you have to take that into consideration yeah. whenever you're, you know, totally. gathering information. Yeah. So find the common themes, mm-hmm. find stuff that sits well with you and the stuff that doesn't, maybe ask yourself why it doesn't sit well with you, yeah. you know, because that's a discovery journey all its own. for a while until you exactly. get the basics down. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brittany, for all of the astrology talk. Of course. I love it. And we will see you guys. We won't Bye. see you guys. We will talk to you guys. Next time. Next time. Bye. If you're vibing with us, please rate and review on Spotify. Turn on your notification bell so you never miss a celestial lesson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Grounded Space Cadets. Until next time, bye space babies. Mm-hmm.